All right, turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Originally, I had planned to save myself some time and, and do my next study where our, our preach night study was going, and so I, I flipped in my Bible to Deuteronomy 21 and quickly realized that was not going to work. I didn't want to get up here and talk about stoning disobedient children and, you know, what to do with the nation you've conquered, women deciding if you like them or not. So I, I went the other Bible study route, and we're going to be in Mark chapter 6. Um, man. And so we as a church, as you can tell, are all about missions. We are all about discipleship. We are all about, we're all about obeying the Word of God. Right? Have you, have you picked up on that? Have you realized that? Have you heard that? Does, that? does that ring any bells? If you've spent any kind of time here, you know that we're, we're trying and trusting in God. We're trying to obey Him. We're trying to do what He asks us to do. And so as you're turning to Mark chapter 6, um, I, I, I titled this, I hope this shows up, okay, this is the first time I've ever made a handout. That looks pretty cool, right? I, I, got, up, I got on the computer and I, I typed it all out, like copied and pasted, and I just realized it looks, it looks bad. Like, how do these guys actually make handouts? They don't look like just Word documents. Um, but anyways, that's what you get. It's super simple. So just so you're not super nervous about your handout, the blanks are just the, the key points and then some key words in, the, in some of the verses. So, so don't get nervous. There's not going to be any quiz or anything. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Also, the slides, I tested out some colors and things. Um, so preach night one, you know, take notes what colors work, what backgrounds don't work. You can critique me later. Um, anyways, mission maintenance, right? We as missionaries of Christ, wherever you are, maybe you're not going somewhere, maybe you're not coming from somewhere, in your daily life, you are a missionary of Jesus Christ. And so every once in a while, just like a car, you got to do some maintenance on it. You got to say, hey, what's this, what are these glowing symbols on my dash? Maybe I should take a look under the hood. Oh, don't, don't do that. Write it out. Mm. Pray for Nick's Bible study. <laughs> okay, so as believers in Christ, we are called to the mission, his mission. Mark chapter 6, starting in, we'll skip down to verse 7. You there? All right. And he, this is Jesus, called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no scrip, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. So I first read this. I was like, why did he say don't take money twice? Just... Oh, sorry, that flopped. Script, you know, like, got some script, some money. Jeez, tough crowd, tough crowd. Anyways, have you prayed today? Yes. So you're, you're telling me that you met with Jesus today? What, what are we all doing here right now? We are... 
That was like a Sam question. It could be anything, but it's all going to be wrong. <laughs> We're all gathered. We're all gathered here together to what? Meet with Jesus Christ. So, so, so we have gathered as disciples together to meet with Jesus. What did that, what did that first verse we just said? Read, said, say? <laughs> Pray for me. And Jesus called unto him the twelve. The twelve are the disciples. So right now looks a lot like right here. You see that? So now we're thinking, well, wait a second. This verse is saying what it's saying, but it sounds an awful lot like I should pay attention because I'm lining up with what's happening right here. Key point number one. Jesus sends his faithful. Key leaders were sent with specific purpose, intent, and direction. Key preachers are sent not because they have acquired enough to feel good about going, but because Jesus sent them. We see that when Jesus gathers the 12 and he doesn't tell them, hey, hey, Peter and James, why don't you two go when you've got $7,000 in the bank, when you've, got, when you've got a car that runs good, when you've got a couple years of LFBI under your belt. And I'm not disparaging any of those things, but there's a reason Jesus says, don't worry about taking anything on your journey. Don't take any script. Don't take any bread. You don't need any money. Take this. Take your staff and go. And so staff, staff is a weird, weird thing right off the bat. Like, wait a second. What, what's a staff got to do with anything? So I did, I did some research. Um, staff is actually the same a lot, a lot of Greek root, Hebrew word, Greek Hebrew. It's the same as rod in the Old Testament. And it also shows up in, in Hebrews as the scepter of righteousness. Whoa. I don't know about you, but I don't have a scepter of righteousness. Okay, so Exodus 4, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read this passage for you. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. This is God telling Moses to go to Egypt, tell them what's going on. Moses is saying, they're not going to listen. So he says, Behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he did, he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran away. He fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. So in this passage, God is using a rod to show that he's doing something. We have another passage in Exodus, chapter 7. Pick it up in verse 10. And so, so this is Moses and Aaron, and they're, they're, they're fulfilling this same passage we just read. And Moses and Aaron, I think that was a blank, 
Moses and Aaron, you got those? Went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They did also in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened unto them as the Lord had said. So you know what this rod is, is sounding more and more like? It sounds like a symbol that God told them to take so that he could show them who he is and that he means what he says and that this is real. God said, take the rod. Moses is like, they're not going to believe me. God says, take the rod and they'll believe you. And so, so Jesus, right, he gathered the disciples to him and he says, don't take anything, take your staff. So, so to the Jews, they're like, this is getting serious. This is that same thing that you did with Moses and Aaron. God sent Moses and Aaron with a rod. So you're telling me God in the Old Testament sent Moses and Aaron on a two-by-two? Wait a second. In the New Testament here, Jesus is sending his disciples on two-by-twos. Wait a second. Didn't we just hear about people getting back from two-by-twos? Aren't there people signed up for two-by-twos? Man. God has been about missions. God, God was about missions with Jesus. And we're about missions. God sent people on two-by-twos. Jesus sent people on two-by-twos. And we go in two-by-twos. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is never changing and ever amazing. In Amos 3, there's a question asked. When the lion roars, who does not fear? So keep these. This is going to be a little stretch. Keep that one here. When a lion roars, who does not fear? John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? Lion roaring... Word is God. Jesus is the Word. Ezekiel 3. It's getting really weird now. Okay, lion. Jesus is the Word. Ezekiel 3. He, he eats the scroll that God gives him, and it tastes like honey. God pours his Word into Ezekiel's mouth to consume. <laughs> it's the same. God does that for you and me. When we speak what the scroll that we consumed says, as Jesus Christ is eating it, as it gets inside of me, and I speak it, Jesus, God, is what? The Lion of Judah. When I speak the Word of God... It sometimes probably should sound like a lion is roaring. Will you not, will you not fear when a lion roars? Yeah. If you're walking out of the building tonight and you hear a lion roar, you, you need to figure out what's going on. <laughs> That's not good to hear. 
But that's the same kind of thing that when we, as mission-minded believers, go out into the world and we speak God's word, the reaction should be, what was that? i got to figure out what that was because it sounded kind of scary to the way I'm living my life. It sounded threatening to what I believe and what I understand as daily living. The way that you speak reveals where and how you spend your time. So a couple questions to consider. As Jesus is to the disciples, who is Jesus to you? Right? Not, okay, Jesus is Jesus to us. But in that picture, as a leader talking to his disciples, who is your leader talking to you as disciples? Another question, are you okay with serving where you are until you're told where to go? Moving on, I'm going to turn you up. Mark chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. And he said unto them, this is Jesus, in what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when ye depart thence, Shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Key point number two, Jesus steers his faithful. Right, so what was the first one? Jesus sends. Second one, Jesus steers. When you are sent, you will be sent with instruction. Jesus sent his disciples out. He told them what to bring. And he told them what to do while they're in that city. Reach the lost. Not meet up with the other two-by-two teams when they're out there. Not James and John, take your staff and don't take any money because you'll get money from Timothy who's also going to be over there at some point. Or meet up with the... Jesus sent them two-by-two to go win the lost in that city. That's all a two-by-two trip was for them. To go into that place, to speak the word of God, to display his power with that staff, to show that city who God is, and that was it. Their job was to reach the lost. And this is a powerful principle for us. There's a significant difference in using denial or not being accepted as an excuse rather than moving on while continuing in prayer. So what I'm not saying is that you need to give up on anyone. Don't don't give up on anyone. There are countless examples and testimonies of years and years of toil finally bearing fruit. Who am I to say when a soul has had its chance? Right, who who am I to say, all right, this soul He's just never going to accept God, so I guess he's going to go to hell. I'm moving on. Yeah, right. I'm not going to have any part of deciding whether or not this person's going to heaven or hell. I'm going to trust God in that. So whether, you know, maybe I'm moving on to a different part of the city, I'm going to keep praying for that guy. Um, Is Larry here? Larry Smith? So Larry, how, your uncle just got saved, Correct. How, how long were you praying for him? 26 years. 26 years. 
Can you imagine if Larry would have given up on him at two? No, no, no. We don't give up on anybody. It maybe, maybe it takes 26 years, but praise God, that's one more soul that's not going to hell. Yeah. So you dust your feet off as a testimony and you move on. You keep praying and you keep, you know, we, when we move on, we have the convenience of sending a text, <laughs> meeting up still, we can get in our car, visit that person really easily. Man, you move on, but you keep praying for them. I'm never giving up. Man, that was so encouraging to me. 26 years. No one is beyond the saving grace of Jesus' blood paying for their sin on the cross. No one is outside of that. Moving on. Faster. Verses 12 and 13. And they went out, the disciples, and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Key point number three. Jesus strengthens his faithful. Well, is number one. Jesus sends. Jesus, number two, steers. Jesus, number three, strengthens his faithful. And I don't mean this as in he gives us the ability to do any of this. He, he didn't just say go and now the disciples all of a sudden are the ones healing or are the ones saving. The ones casting out devils. When a faithful servant of Christ goes, when, when he sent them and he is steering them, for me to be in that place, I have to have left my flesh behind. And what that means is that as I walk, Christ is walking with me. And so as Christ is walking with me and I encounter a sick person, I can trust that Christ will heal them. When I encounter a lost person, I, I trust that Christ is going to speak through them, through me to them. But it has, we have to leave the old man behind. We have to give room for Christ to go on that mission through us. Everything about our new lives is mission-minded. It's easy to lose track of the mission when you haven't lost track of your old man. It's going to be awfully hard to pay attention to the lost around you when all you can think about is yourself. The wonders of Christ are endless. The wonders of Christ are evident in my life every day. This past weekend is probably the most stressed out I've ever been in my whole life. Trying to get recording whatever many songs done from... 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock. It sounds silly, but I was so stressed out. I was, I was trying to finish up my job on Friday so I could get there on time. And, you know, I, I'm, put, I'm a plumber, so I was putting in the shower valve. And there's this fitting that I had a, a really bad feeling about. I got done with it, and I'm like, this thing's going to leak. And it's going to flood this unit. And I'm going to be here till 10. I was losing it. And I was like, God, I need you. <laughs> I need you to make this fitting work so that I can go record this album for you. <laughs> and then just time after time, I'm just, I'm just desperate from then on, just so stressed out. Like I show up and I completely forgot about cleaning teams. So we're gonna record live in this space and I walk in and there's vacuums going all over the place and I'm like, oh no, God. But God had ordained that and he had brought, you know, the Kenny's class, I think, was who's doing it. And they were there early for some reason and got done right when we needed them to. Thank you guys for being gracious with us. But that's, that's Jesus in me. It's silly as it sounds. God's working in our lives. 
And that's, that's the smallest taste of what he can do. That's, that's so tiny. He didn't have to do any of that. But my life, which is Christ's life, can speak the devil's hold out of the lost person. My strength, which is Christ's strength, can heal the weak and the sick. My faith, which is the understanding of who Christ is, can preach and offer salvation to those who need it. Moving on. Verse 14, and King Herod heard of him. Wait a second. We were, we were just talking about the disciples, I thought. The disciples are going, and the disciples were preaching, and the disciples were casting out devils, and they were healing the sick. But then you get to 14, King Herod heard of him. For his name was spread abroad. Not the disciples' names. His name was spread abroad. Key point number four, Jesus shines in his faithful. The mark of living for Christ is that in your wake, you understand what a wake is? Like when a boat goes down the water, the, the, the presence that that boat made on the water is like these waves. It's like the proof that the boat went through. Water is displaced from it. So in our wake, when we are faithful, when Christ has sent us, when he has steered us, when he has strengthened us, when he shined, he, he's going to shine through us because once we go through there and we've been faithful to Christ that whole time, when I'm on a missions trip that Jesus sent me on and I'm, I'm speaking Jesus' words because I've spent time with him and, and Jesus is preaching his word through me, the lost are, are hearing of him and, and they're, they're thinking that that's healing. When I come back, they're not talking about how cool I was. They're, they're talking about Jesus. That's the evidence of a faithful Christian's presence. The name of Jesus Christ. So the disciples went out two by two, but Jesus is who the world is talking about when they leave. Missions is our calling in this life. I'm, I'm, I'm done, basically. Every day, Jesus invested in his disciples for this. Every day, we are invested in for this. Jesus will send you if you're faithful. Jesus will steer you if you're faithful. Jesus will strengthen us if we're faithful. And then Jesus will shine in us if we're faithful. That's it. Missions Minute. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you have to get your kids, get your kids. But can we just close in prayer that we would be on, on this mission? That just like Jesus sending out 12 disciples, that every day it looks the exact same for you and me. That every day when I wake up, it, it could read in the third testament that Jesus met with Jorge and sent him out. And he did this, and this, and this, in Jesus' name. And when he left, Christ was spoken of. Can we just pray like that, and then, then we can be done?